Welcome to the Do More Podcast, where we share strategies and tips for improving your life in every aspect. Here's your host, John Farling. All right. Welcome back to the Do More Podcast. I'm your host, John Farling. Today, we have another uh, great friend of mine, and that's Chris Michaels, also known as Chris Musumichi, uh, which I believe is his real name, but still not really sure. But uh, Chris and I, uh, I think we met probably, what was that, almost three, four years ago? Yeah. And yep. have been in, in close contact since and and bounce a lot of ideas off each other. Uh, he helps me with uh, mindset things. I help him with a little bit of storage stuff and, uh, you know, got a pretty good relationship, like the guy sometimes. So, Chris, welcome to the show. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Why don't you give the listeners, uh, you know, a quick bio about yourself? Yeah, appreciate it, dude. Thanks for having me. Um, so a little bit about myself. I am uh, in the storage investing space. Uh, I got started back in 2019. Um, and really, I got started in the journey uh, as a way to relieve some debt. Um, I always wanted to do real estate investing for a lot of years, but I held myself back, which you know, we see a lot of people do because they don't know what the answers are. They don't know where to get money, how to get started. Uh, what happens if I make a wrong move? What does that mean for me? What can I lose from that? And so all of those limiting beliefs and self-doubts uh, held me back for a lot of years. And then I got myself in a position where I was really tight on money. And so I turned to storage as a way to uh, create some more freedom in my life and uh, was really blessed and lucky to have success pretty early on. I mean, I found my first deal within a week and um, that helped me uh, get a whole bunch of debt paid off and kind of get my life a little bit back in order. And then uh, three months later, I found my next deal. Uh, and then a few months later, I found my third deal from there, which I still own. Uh, we're actually about to put that under contract to sell. We've owned that for the last two years. And so um, work alongside Michael Wagner, who uh, you might be familiar with at the Storage Rebellion. Uh, we have our uh, coaching program and helping people in the storage space and our community and everything like that. So, uh, yeah, a little bit about me. Happy to answer any questions. I'm looking forward to uh, the conversation. That's very professional. And you sped through a lot of things there. So <laughs> I, I like looking at um, forks in the road of people's yeah. lives, uh, you know, when they take different trajectories and and kind of kind of take off, right? So let's back up a little bit. You're you're a little bit younger, right? You're 24, 25? 36, but thank you. You're not 36. Come on. I thought Are we really? known each other for the last four years. You don't know how old I am? No, by the, no one's listening here, so you can lie. <laughs> I didn't know you were 36. 36. Um, all right, so let's back up a little bit. So what were you doing before real estate, before storage? Uh, take us back there. Before real estate, before uh, so I started a uh, marketing company back in, uh, or I should say, a small marketing business back in 2015 or 16, somewhere in there. Um, and prior to that, I actually had a uh, was doing some construction work, contracting work. Uh, my I grew up having a, a dad and brother who had a remodeling business, and so I kind of grew up in that space, and so. Um, when I got a little bit older and wanted to start making money, I was like, well, I guess this is what I'll do because it's all I've ever known. And so I kind of ventured off in that area. And then um, 
as I started my own business in that realm, one of the things that I really enjoyed doing was trying to grow that business. And that kind of led me into marketing. And then I found a, found something that I was good at. And I was actually way more passionate about. Um, and I didn't have to break my back every day. I got to work from home. And I was like, well, this is way better. And so um, I did that for a handful of years. And that led me to <clears throat> Mike Wagner, who reached out to me back when, uh, I think, 2017 or 18, when he was getting ready to start uh, his company, The Storage Rebellion. And he was looking for somebody to do marketing. And so he reached out to me and uh, I kind of been with him since uh, the creation of that company and helped him with the growth of it. And, um, you know, after watching him for a few years and watching the transformation that he was having, and then more importantly, the impact that he was having on other people's lives. And I got to see firsthand, I was like, whoa, like this is, this is real. Um, and people are making all, you know, the type of wealth that I've been chasing. And so I was like, man, I got to get into this. And that's kind of what led me to start investing in storage. And then as I grew in that realm, I started doing other things with Mike beyond marketing, you know, helping him with coaching and bringing in students and uh, a whole different realm of things. Yep. And, and you, you sped past a lot of things. Um, but no, yeah, definitely um, huge thanks from me too to, to Mike Wagner. He's definitely helped change a lot of, a lot of people's lives. So yeah. let's go back to your construction company. I know sure. a little bit of background, so that's why I want to uh, kind of pick that out. Okay. You said you started to grow the business and you like the marketing aspect, but from what I remember, there was a turning point. You were on a job and you were like, I'm done with this. I can't do this anymore. So kind of take us back to that. <laughs> yeah, sure. So, uh, so the business that I was doing, so I focused on doing, um, decorative concrete, epoxy garage floors. Um, it was something different than like, you know, my dad and my brother had always done. And I was always like, throughout my whole life, I wanted to have my own things and find my own interests and passions. And so like, that was me kind of branching off and offering something different than what they were doing. And um, it was, it's hard work. Uh, the thing with, you know, where I live in Rochester, New York is it's seasonal. And so like you had to hustle in the wintertime or the, the summertime and try and collect as much income as you could. And then in the wintertime, you know, you might get a few jobs like doing basement floors or some commercial stuff, which I didn't really like doing because there was just a lot of, um, a lot of hoops you had to jump through with that. But, uh, and I was just a small single guy business. And so, uh, one of the, the jobs that I had, and this was like as I was approaching the end of that uh, journey uh, or that chapter, I should say, in, in that business was I was doing a probably a 3000 square foot pool surround and um, had no business doing that by myself. Like that was a five man job easily. And um, I was on it for over a week and a half. And one day I was there from eight in the morning till probably 830 at night prepping it, getting the concrete ready. And then I put my first coat of uh, concrete down. And this, as soon as I put that concrete down, I was packing up my truck and then the rain just came out of nowhere. Like literally these clouds started rushing in. It started raining, washed it all away. And it just made the biggest headache for my, for myself. And um, at that point I was like, yeah, I'm just, I cannot keep doing this. This is just awful. Um, so that was just a, a huge project that I didn't make much money on because I lost a lot of it in the materials. Um, and so, you know, that was one of those moments that kind of 
I think it was the nudge that I needed, you know, and I had already at that point started getting a little bit tired of what I was doing. It was, um, it was really tough and it was stressful. And, you know, I used to come home kind of miserable because I just, I was exhausted and I didn't have any physical or mental energy left. And so, um, but yeah, that, that one job kind of pushed me off to, I was like, I got to start exploring some other options here. <laughs> yeah. Well, one of your, you know, kudos to you for one, starting your own business. Um, and I kind of want to point out something too, but sure. I think anybody that's left something to go do something better, greater, whatever, there's a turning point. We all remember that turning point, right? Like right. that's to me, that, that's, I don't know if this show, if I'll keep trying to point those things out, but I do like looking back, like we all have turning points of at the time, it's like the worst thing in the world. But you look back five, 10 years later, and you're like, wow, that was actually what catapulted me to where I'm at now and to where I'm going. Right. So that was, you know, your worst day as a business owner, probably. But now looking back, probably the best thing that happened to you. Yeah. It's funny, man, because oftentimes our our worst days are what lead to the best days. Uh, we yeah. need those headaches and we need those. Um, you know, I'm a big believer that. uh you know, God has something in store for us. And sometimes we're not always ready to receive the blessings that he has for us. And so we kind of got to go through those hardships as a way to prepare us for the opportunity to then receive those, you know, kind of looking at like, uh, you know, when I first got started at doing the storage thing and I got started because I was broke and I knew you know, like watching these other people that had all this kind of wealth and the life they were living. I always knew that was the life I wanted. And uh, it was a life that I was after and I was nowhere close to it. And one of the reasons why I wasn't close to it is because I, I didn't know how to manage my money. I was really bad at it. I had really bad spending habits. I, you know, I was spending more than I was making. And so that led me into a position where if I had found success in storage at that point, it would have been a complete waste. I would have blown all that money. And so I wasn't yet ready to experience those blessings. And so I had to go through that hardship to kind of wake me up and make me realize, uh, you know, in order to get that life, you know, there has to be a shift that needs to be made. And in order for me to make that shift, I have to learn the hard way. Yep. Yep. Well, and you could have had a couple different paths that way, right? That day right. you could have said, okay, this is a turning point. I'm getting out of this business. Or you could have said, you know what, this is a turning point and I'm going to start making hires and I'm just going to be the CEO of the company and I'm going to delegate everything. Um, prob more than I'm guessing more than likely a good decision on your part on what you did. But um, I kind of had, I mean, I had a nine to five job but mm -hmm. I started buying single family rentals in 2014 um, and bought one per year and I did everything. And looking back, I was telling a buddy this other day, if I would have bought everything I looked at from 14 to 20, I mean, I, who knows how much real estate I'd have. And, but I was around, I wasn't around anybody really. I was listening to bigger pockets podcast. Mm -hmm. Wasn't really networking and mm -hmm. I didn't really network and, and ask questions with people that knew more than me until I got in the storage. And it's kind of funny how that's taken off. Single family rentals yeah. didn't take off. I didn't 
high, make hires. I didn't rub elbows with people that knew what they were doing, that were doing more than me, all those things. So it's amazing how, um, you know, I, I kind of, that's for me, that was kind of a failed business at the time. Um, somewhat similar years. Yeah. So after your construction company, uh, you close it up. What's the progression? You start doing marketing. Is it right away you meet Mike Wagner and you start marketing or how's that where you go from there? Yeah. So I started marketing first. Uh, this was as, as an opportunity to help me grow the business that I was doing with the concrete and things like that. So um, got into doing online advertising, Facebook advertising, email marketing, all of that stuff. Um, so you're self-taught marketing. That's your specialty, but you're self-taught. Uh, to some degree. I mean, I, I, I didn't just teach myself. Like I, I did trainings and things like that. I learned from, from other people. I didn't have anyone, you know, that I knew personally that was in this space. So, um, I would just learn from, from people and bought courses and things like that. And uh, that within itself was really helpful and kind of opened my eyes to like this whole big world of opportunities. Um, and so I started doing that and started bringing in some, some leads and some jobs and it was working. And then, like I said, I, I enjoyed it doing it at that time. And so I started to ask myself, man, I wonder who else could benefit from this. And so you know, similar to like storage, right? A lot of people, when they get started in storage, they start close to home. And so that's what I did. I just reached out to local businesses, um, friends and how family. Did you, how did you reach out? How did you find your target audience, all that stuff? Yeah. And I reached out just by making phone calls. Um, I didn't know what my target audience was yet. I was kind of just figuring it out. Um, I knew that I could do it for contractors because I was doing that for myself and that mm -hmm. would work. Um, but I just had this, uh, you know, I wanted to explore. I wanted to see what else, what other opportunities there were, what other types of businesses I could help. Um, and so I just started reaching out to, to local companies. And one of the first clients that I had was for a, a, a restaurant and it went McDonald's. really well. What's that? Was it, was it McDonald's? No, no, it was, it was just oh. a small, um, family restaurant. And, um, so I didn't, you know, going in for the first time, I really didn't know what to charge. And so I was like, you know, 300 bucks a month should cover it. And I put all that money into advertising. I wasn't making anything. And when we were bringing in like four to $5,000 a month off of that $300. Wow. And so it was going really well. And then I started looking into uh, other companies and I started to kind of explore the real estate uh, space because I had a close buddy who was in uh, real estate investing, flipping houses. And that was an area that I always had an interest in. Like I said, I was kind of just nervous to get in. I was like, this could be an opportunity to, you know, see how it goes. This could be a foot in the door. And, you know, if I'm good at generating leads for, for investors, then, you know, what does that mean for me once I learn how to do the investing part of it? And so uh, that's how I got started. And I started helping out uh, my buddy who was flipping houses. And then he's the one who met or knew Mike Wagner from like a local real estate meetup. And uh, Mike was getting ready to start his company. And so my buddy was like, hey, you know, you should reach out to my friend, Chris. He could probably help you with the marketing. And that's kind of how we got tied together. Yeah, there's a lot of I think the biggest thing I take from that is you didn't necessarily have a great 
plan. Like, and I'm not trying trying to uh, talk negative about you, what you did, but you just took action, right? Yeah, you didn't really know who you were marketing to. Marketing to, you had an idea. You didn't know how much you were going to charge. Right. You basically gave your first customer. You basically gave it away for free, mm-hmm. and it it was proof of concept. It worked, right? Right. So the biggest thing is you just took action and just kept going and kept going and kept you know eventually you're meeting people, um, you know you're using your current network. So you just took action and and talked to people like that's mm-hmm. that's probably the name of the game in anything and everything you do, right? Especially and, entrepreneurial. Yeah. And business take in general. Action and talk yeah. to people and talk to people about what you're doing, you're probably going to have success. Yeah. And that's a great point too, because a, a lot of people think, well, I got to figure everything out before I get started. And, you know, the only way to figure it out is by getting in the game, not sitting on the sidelines. You don't, you don't learn how to play football by watching football. You learn how to manipulate players in the field by being in the game and being on the field and getting an idea of what people are doing. Like, when you start a business, just go out there and take action, do something with it. Like I didn't know what type of clients I wanted to have, but you got to start somewhere. And so just take action. And and as you go, you'll start to figure it out and you'll find your way and you'll start to um, explore avenues and you'll be like, well, this one felt really good. And I enjoyed doing this. And when I tried this over here, I know I definitely don't want to be a part of that. And so you just figure it out as you go. Yeah, absolutely. So and I forgot about this. You played high level golf. And when I say high level, you were at least scratch golfer, right? Playing in tournaments. I used to be. I, Not yeah, anymore, Jeff. Not anymore. But that's okay. But okay. You used to be, but scratch or were you better than that? <clears throat> uh, I mean, I would shoot um, even par more than I would shoot under par, but you know, I could post some rounds in the mid sixties. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm guessing, and I could be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong. You probably, that probably helped build, you probably learned a lot, right? A lot of life yeah. lessons through that. And it probably helped you build a lot of life lessons. Um, yeah. Termination, perseverance, everything, you know, just taking reps probably carried over into what you're doing now, right? Yeah. I think, I think a lot of it is, um, more so, I I don't know if this is I, maybe identity-based. Like, I worked really, really hard at golf because I liked it and I wanted to be the best that I could be at it. But that's all part of my personality and, like, anything that I pursue, I want to – I just get super focused on that one thing that I'm doing. I want to be really good at it. I never um, – like, I don't play golf anymore. I may I might play once a, once a year because back then I wanted to make a career out of it. Now I know I don't want to make a career out of it. So I don't know how to go out and just play golf for fun. Like before I was doing it for a purpose, I wanted to be the best that I could be at it. And so that's why I trained so hard at it. And uh, so whatever I take interest in or focus in, that's what I, I focus a lot of my attention on, but I take a lot of what I did then and apply it to like my business and life now Um, and golf, I think is such a good example of life. Like you're never going to master it. You can always be better. There's always room for improvement. Um, you're going to get really frustrated and go through hardships and you need to learn how to use your mind 
to get yourself out of those, right? Like golf, what you're thinking is going to come through your body and it's going to be delivered into the shot. If you don't want to hit the ball left and that's what you're thinking about, you're probably going to hit the ball left. And so <clears throat> I think golf is such a good example of life in general, but I try and take a lot of, and, and I, I shouldn't say I try because it's kind of natural just because of my personality. But a lot of the stuff that I was doing then, you know, I was training five to seven days a week. I was at the golf range almost every day. Even in the winter, I was hitting balls into a net. I was reading psychology books. Like I was trying to improve every aspect that I could. And whatever I do now, I kind of apply those same things. I just want to figure out how do I be the best at it. Yeah. So I don't want to say addicted, but you become obsessed, right? In yeah. A way. Yeah. Well, good kind of like right? an addictive personality almost. Yeah. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think that's where I think anybody that's been great at anything at any given point in time has to be obsessed with it. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't think yeah. you can just, I mean, there's some people that get lucky and maybe fall into things, but it's not going to last very long. I long think you time. have to be obsessed and you have to dive into it. Um, you know, I mean, look at, you know, I'm a basketball guy, but look at Michael Jordan. He was absolutely obsessed for probably the time he was 10 or 12, 14, somewhere in there until the time he was 40. Absolutely obsessed. And his mm -hmm. life was unbalanced, right? Not saying it's right or wrong, but if he didn't do that, how many people would he not have inspired, right? Like how much would the world be missing out on if he wouldn't have had an unbalanced life? Yeah. Thank you to him for doing that, but, and a lot of others as well. Um, mm -hmm. So I, I think there is, we're all looking for some type of balance. I don't, if you're going to be great at something, I don't think you can be balanced. Um, I don't know if we want to go down that road, but I actually wanted yeah. to bring up, did you have something to say? No, I mean, I, I agree with you. I think there has to be some level of obsession with it if you want to be good at it. Um, at the end of the day, I think it just comes down to defining what it is you want in your life and your business. And from there, structuring, what do I need to do? Who do I need to become in order to fulfill that life, that vision, that business? And um there's, you know, the thing about it too, with business, there's so many different ways to structure business where you can, you can grow a multi-million dollar business and manage people who build the business for you. You don't have to, like a lot of people who are starting their businesses think I need to do everything and I need to be the master of everything within the business. That was one of the things that I thought too, you know, and you don't have to be. You can actually free up a whole bunch of your time and have a whole lot of freedom and still get rich. You just have to be smart on how you structure a business and putting together a team. Um, and you can do this, too, with relatively a small team. I mean, the Storage Rebellion does really well, and there's only two or three of us. And um, we all have quite a bit of time, and it's because of how we structured or I should say how Mike structured the business. I've been lucky enough just to learn from him. Yeah. Um, you brought up identity when mm -hmm. you were, how, how long did you play golf? Uh, from the ages of eight to about 26. Wow. So we'll call it 20 years. Yeah. That was basically your, your identity. You were. Yes. Yes. I'm a golfer. Yes. I'm going to become a pro golfer. You walked around, you probably went to the mall, strutting around, 
with your slick back hair thinking I'm a pro golfer. I'm going to take on the world. Oh, yeah. Riding your motorcycle. Yeah. I always wanted one, but I never got one. Um, no, dude, you're absolutely right. And it's 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 interesting because when I realized that I didn't want to play golf anymore, I had an identity crisis. I was like, well, who am I then? Like, what do I do? Like, what's my purpose? I had this vision that I was going to be a professional golfer. And then that would lead me to be able to have X, Y, and Z, be able to get rich, be able to find a beautiful wife, um, you know, build the big house, be able to create, you know, charities and supports in the world. And I thought that I needed golf in order to achieve those things. And then I slowly started achieving those things without golf. And then I kind of realized like, that's when I had that, you know, serious self-reflection of like, whoa, who, like, who am I? And what, what am I going to do now? And so it was scary. And so like, the only thing that you could do is at that point was just kind of get, get out there and go try some different stuff. Uh, and, you know, if people listening to this are still trying to find out what it is they're trying to do, what they want to do, do more of, no pun intended. Um, yeah, plug it. You know, you know, you got to get out there and just try some different stuff and you'll kind of figure it out from there. And it's interesting because I've always found that no matter what, no matter where I went in life or what things I tried, I always met somebody or discovered something that then led me to the direction that I needed to go in. So, you know, maybe there's just like, you know, God's hand in that, or it's just, you know, the, it's like, I, I don't, I don't really know, but the more I tried things, the more I figured out and the more I met people that helped to put me in the right direction, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, and going back to, you know, you had this whole life planned around golf. You had, yeah, you know, you knew you were going to get a beautiful wife, money, all these things were lining up. You basically had a game plan, a vision, you already a roadmap. You already had that in place, mm-hmm. right? You already had these things in place, which is awesome. Um, it just didn't work out for that. It may have worked out eventually, but it just didn't work out for that vehicle. But my mm-hmm. guess is right. doing those things without without any training, right? It's not like someone told you, here, Chris, you need to have a vision formed around golf in order for you to be successful. You just did that. And I'm assuming you probably have applied that to your life now. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, today, this morning I was reading my, my vision and, um, you got to have a plan. I mean, and the thing too, like the more you go through life, just kind of going about with your normal habits and routines, those just become more and more structured. And if like, if you look back at your life right now, or even over the last week, your mornings, your evenings, your afternoons probably all looked pretty similar. And you need to learn where to interrupt that and where to start incorporating new habits that are going to get you to the direction that you want to go. But it all starts with like that identity, right? Who do you want to become? What are the things that you want to achieve? What do you want to have in life? What does that all look like? Um, without it, you know, you're you're just you're shooting down range and you can't see the target. Um, if you could see what the target is, you're more likely to hit a bullseye. And so defining everything and what it looks like is the quickest way to start incorporating habits and uh, taking action in a way that's going to get you closer to that. 
Yeah, no, that's awesome. So you're with Mike Wagner and Storage Rebellion now. Um, we've kind of gone through your progression here. What's next for you? Yeah, that's a good question. So um, Thank you. I, I, I want to continue to do storage. Uh, I really enjoy the storage world, the industry. Um, I enjoy the investing part of it. Uh, I, there's a lot of things about it that I really enjoy, and I want to continue to grow a portfolio, um, generate wealth in that realm. Uh, and, you know, I've also been, I don't know what it looks like yet, but thinking about uh, something down the road, uh, There's I feel like there's something in my heart that kind of maybe pulling me to help uh, maybe Christian entrepreneurs who are looking to get started in business or investing. Um, I'm not sure. It's just, it's just something that's floating in my head and I'm kind of just letting it sit. And um, I trust that if it's something that's meant to be, it'll kind of unravel itself. That's cool. Yeah. That's uh well, I mean, not that I'm going to push you here, but, don't let it sit there forever. Right. And you know this, right. This is just yeah. discussion here, but just with me, with this podcast, it sat for a while, probably minimum a year, if not two years, fears, mm-hmm. doubts, everything. My guess is maybe we're the only ones that will ever be a part of this episode. Who knows, but just take action and see what happens. And you know, if it doesn't work out like your golf thing, you had, you took action for 20 some years it didn't work out, but now you've shifted. You still have the same roadmap in a way, just mm-hmm. different vehicle to get there. Right. You know, that's, that happens. You just pivot and, but yeah, I mean, take action. Uh, I think that'd yep. be awesome. I think you'd be awesome at doing that. I appreciate it. Um, What is, give us a book that's been, give us one book that's been the most impactful in your life. Who? Um, Man, I'm reading like several books right now. I think one that was really good was Atomic Habits. Uh, that opened my eyes to, uh, you know, a whole different realm. I think, and we can have quite a discussion on this, but let's do it. Yeah, I we can do it. Um, I got two hours. You know, with <laughs> habits are really interesting and. The thing about, you know, and you know me, I, I kind of geek out on like the neuro neuroscience aspect of it all, but our habits are something that can easily be changed. And we also think that our habits are the first thing that need to change in order to create the outcome that we're after. So <clears throat> changing our identity first is number one. We can't use the habit to then change who we are. And you and I had a discussion about this the other day, and I can use a similar analogy that I gave you, which was around the idea of, you know, people who set out to lose weight, you know, and I've been on this journey for the last three, three or four years now. Um, they, they, they say, you know, I want to lose whatever, 15, 20 pounds, then I'll feel healthier, then I'll be better, then I'll be that person that I want to be. And they start exercising, they start working out, they're losing weight, they're seeing progress. And they're like, man, I'm getting closer to being that person I want to be. And I feel better. I see the results. And then one day they hit it and they go, well, I'm that person now, but they're not. They just, they essentially just show themselves what they're capable of. And oftentimes what happens is, 
you know, six months, a year go by and they start realizing, oh my gosh, I'm putting the weight back on, like what happened? And you're putting the weight back on because that, that weight that you're at, that higher weight, more so aligns with the old identity that you had, which is, you know, yeah, I've lost some weight. And so it's okay that I, I eat out tonight or I have some junk food because I've been doing pretty good. And then a few days go by and you're like, I worked out really hard today. It's okay if I have dessert after dinner. Like those are identity things, things that you believe about yourself that are then playing over into your actions and habits because your actions and habits support your identity. And so over time, you start to see the weight going back on. And if you first change your identity and you tell yourself, well, I'm the kind of person who weighs between whatever, 165, 175 pounds, um, these are the types of foods I eat. This is how often I exercise. When I exercise, this is how I feel. It allows me to show up better for myself, for my business, for my, my spouse, for my kids, whoever. And when you believe that about yourself and you're on this road of this is my identity, your habits and actions will then align to support your identity. Because the one thing that all human beings protect is our identity. That's the reason why I like if you believe in something and you're really passionate about it and somebody challenges you on that, you kind of get a little bit agitated and worked up and you you kind of go into like defense mode because you have in a, a sub, maybe a subconscious way you're protecting your identity. And it isn't until people help us realize, oh, we were wrong, then it starts to shape, okay, what does that mean for me? Like we will protect our identity at all costs and nobody, we're all, like we all go through life wanting to know what's our purpose, who we are, why we're here, all of that. All of that has to do with identity stuff. And so identity is something that we'll always protect. And so if you figure out who it is you want to be first, your actions and habits will start to align with that. And then to take this a step further, um, you know, if you decide, and I'm using exercise as an example, and this can this applies to anything, but let's say for an example, you want to lose some more weight. You want to start, it's better to start small habits than it is to create really big habits right off the bat. So if you start off with, you know, I want to lose 15 pounds, so I'm going to run five miles every single day. You don't start there because that'll quickly lead to burnout because then on a, on a subconscious level or maybe a psychological level, you know, you might come home from a really long day at work and you're tired. And now the thought is I have to run five miles that will can eventually burn yourself out and you might lose your motivation. Like your motivation will eventually deplete. You only have so much of it. And so what they found is that if you start off really small, so instead of saying, when I get home, I'm going to run five miles, you say, when I get home, I'm going to put on my running shoes. And what they found is that taking a micro habit actually propels you to the next habit after that. So they found that when people just put on their running shoes, then it leads them to step outside. And when it leads them to step outside, they start walking. And then when they start walking, they start running. So starting off with these micro habits is much easier on a psychological level, uh, you know, to actually pursue. If I if I get home from a long day and I say I have to run five miles versus I have to put on my running shoes, which is the easier option? And so if we can break them down, make them really really small, actionable steps. They found that that'll eventually lead to taking the bigger habits. Um, 
And the other thing too, to that is starting off small is better than starting off big. So instead of running five miles every day, maybe you just run for 15 minutes a day. And when you do that for X amount of time, it could be a couple of weeks, that habit starts to become ingrained into you. And once a habit becomes ingrained, it's no longer something I have to do. It's something you look forward to. It's something I get to do. It's something, it's a part of me. This is who I am. This is my habit. And as you, once it becomes a, a habit, it's much easier to scale upwards. And they found that if you start too big, and then you have to scale down, you can lose a lot of motivation and you'll fluctuate and you'll go through ebbs and flows. But if you start off really small and you work your way up, you're more likely to not only create a long-term habit, but you'll stick with it. You'll be more consistent. And that's when you see the most results. That was a wow. long-winded answer. No, that's awesome. That's uh, We could probably just stop stop everything now. That was, that was awesome. That was, if you didn't pay attention to all that, I actually listened to it again, listened to it three times. That was awesome stuff. I had a bunch of thoughts. Um, my ma- my main thing is this is where I have a problem with 75 hard. 75 hard, all these and diets, like it's to me, it's all the same thing. Mm-hmm. You're going from zero to let's try this super hard thing for 75 days. I'm going right. to crush it. And a lot of people do, right? You get through it. What do they do on day 76? Uh, it's time to relax. I, I crushed that goal. And then they mm-hmm. go back to their old lifestyle. All the gains, anything right. they did well goes out the window for probably right. not everybody, right? For some people, and I've had this argument with other people, for some people, they do pick up on it and say, okay, I'm going to keep going with it. I'll maybe drop some things here, but I'm going to keep going with exercising every day or whatever it is. But, but I would say at least 95% of the people, and it's the same with diets, they're done. Poof, it's gone. Because like you right. said, it's not small little habits. It's not, hey, put your running shoes on first, go outside, stretch, and then run maybe 15 minutes to start, right? They're just going out the gate doing the hardest thing possible that they've never done in their life. It's just burnout. I don't like it. So, no, that was that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's actually 75 hearts a really good example of it. Um, and I agree. There's probably very few people who continue that afterwards, and it's because it was a challenge. It was something that you know, it goes back to what I said earlier. If I do this thing, then I'll be closer to the person that I want to be. You don't start with the, you don't start with what you have to do. You have to start with who you need to become. What, what is it? Who do you think about? Like, what do you think about yourself? Who do you think you are? Those will lead to putting the actions and habits in place to support that identity. So then you can uh, then match who you want to be and achieve the things you want to achieve. Yep. Yep. And this is probably another show, but I saw, and we talked about this the other day. Mm-hmm. I saw something on, I think it was on Instagram where a guy, he term, he gave it a term, um, not shape shifting, but it's something like that to where if you want to lose 10 pounds, you've got to become that person now. Mm-hmm. Um, no, and no matter what that is, if you want to become a multi-billionaire, you have to become that person now and have the thoughts, the actions of that person now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he didn't call it shape shifting, but it was something similar to that. No, that, that's super powerful. Yeah. So no, what's, that's, what's your, that's true. Go, go ahead. No, I was just I was just highlighting that's 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 absolutely true. Yep. What's your uh what's your best attribute uh, in business and life that's gotten you to where you are now? 
Um, it's a good question. I think. Thank you. I've been told that twice now, so it must be a pretty good question. Yeah, you're doing pretty good. Um, I would say it's probably mindset and work ethic. I think um, I I just I don't know. I just believe in myself, and um, I've always been fascinated with like our mind and our thoughts and how that plays out and how that affects us and the things that we do, our actions, our habits, our outcomes. And we're so in control of so much of our life. And a lot of people don't really realize how what they're thinking and doing is shaping who they're becoming and their the outcomes that they're having. Um, a lot of people have limiting beliefs and self-doubt. And it's almost become routine where they don't really realize that that's happening. They don't really pay enough. They're not really, because it happens so often, it just becomes a part of who that, who they are and self-doubt and limiting beliefs and self-criticism criticism are just, that's just what they do. And they don't really believe in what they're capable of because of those beliefs and thoughts. And um, the thing is, is that we can easily change those. And once you change them, uh, and here's the thing too, is it takes time, right? Like rewiring your brain is a process. And the only reason why you are the person you are today is because of things that have happened in your life and people telling you how you should think and how you should act. Like when we're born, we're all a blank slate. And from there, we start becoming programmed by our parents, by outside influences. Um, they start telling us what to do, what not to do. You should think and believe these things. And that starts to shape who we are. And a lot of the self-doubt limiting beliefs that we have come from a younger age. Um, but as we get older, we just fixate on them more and more and more and more, and they become bigger and bigger. And so you're rewiring your brain to think and act uh, a certain way. And so rewiring it into uh, a healthier um, version so that you can have a better life and think better and all of the, the things that come with that, it takes time. And you need to start with putting the right information in and feeding yourself the right information. And, you know, if you're somebody who has a lot of self self doubt, limiting beliefs, you need to be more conscious of that and catch them and reframe those thoughts. And you're not going to see results right away. Uh, you're probably not even going to see them within a month, but the more you do it, it just starts to become natural and uh, you'll start doing these things without even really realizing you'll just start to be, a more positive person. You'll start to believe in yourself more. And with all of that stuff, um, you know, you start to pursue different opportunities and you start to move in directions where you're not afraid of failing. You're not afraid of what might happen or what if this goes wrong. And so I think those are the types of people that uh, have the most success is the ones that are just, they're going to go out there and they're going to get it done and they don't care what anybody else says or they think it's like just an undeniable belief in themselves. And um, even when they fail or they fall, it's, it's, it's not looked at as a failure or it's looked at as an opportunity. Oh, I learned what I learned one thing that I shouldn't do. And now I'm one step closer to achieving the result that I want. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I think belief in self-confidence is, maybe sometimes underrated um, yeah. and can go back to your, your golf analogy. If you're thinking, if you're, you know, on the tee box and you're thinking, Oh, there's water on the left, 
don't hit the water, don't hit the water, don't hit the water. Guess what? There's probably a very good chance you're going to hit the water. Right. Um, I actually saw Steph Curry talk about this. Sports sports and life, and I think we were talking about this the other day, sports and life, you can uh, relate a lot of things mm-hmm. to each other. Sports is just quicker, right? Like a, a yeah. golf match is four hours. Um, you know, if you have lose confidence in golf, like it's over in four hours. In life, it could go on for years and vice versa. If you've got confidence, it can go on for years. Um, but Steph Curry was talking about, I think it was, I don't remember when it was. He missed four free throws in a row. He's never done that before. And he said he started smiling and laughing and just kind of laughed it off. And he said, you know, your emotions can help change your confidence and the whole way you're thinking, just just your emotions. Mm -hmm. So that was his little quick way of getting out of that small slump of his. Uh, But that's something, you know, we can relate to life. And that's probably, you can relate that back to gratitude, right? And I think you... believe you say you do it in your uh, morning routine is just yeah attitude and, and practicing that yeah absolutely um that's huge man i think that's that's something that a lot of successful entrepreneurs practice is being grateful for what you currently have um i think you know especially entrepreneurs we're always looking to achieve something the next level right like what's the next level that's that's our constant pursuit and so we're always focused on the next thing And, you know, the things you have right now, the things maybe you've prayed about, these are all things that you were at, you were, you were striving for maybe 10 years ago and you have them today and you might not realize it because you're, you're too focused on the next thing. And so you have to be able to be grateful for what you currently have and um, also be grateful and celebrate the wins that, uh, that you currently have before you always look on to the next thing, like celebrate a little bit, like, Look, look at where you've come. And um, yeah, I think gratitude and, it, and gratitude too, it changes your mental state. And um, that's a whole nother show, but there's a whole lot to uh, to the power of gratitude. Yep, absolutely. Well, I, I appreciate you coming on the show and appreciate you as a friend. There's my gratitude. Yeah, I appreciate you too. Thanks so much. So other than that, what, uh, where can people find you if they have any questions, yeah. want to reach out, want to talk hair, mindset, whatever? Uh, probably um, the best way would be uh, just Instagram. You know, it's Chris Michaels is my, uh, my username. So feel free to follow along, talk a lot of storage on there. And uh, if you want to send me a message and chat, happy to do that. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate it. And until uh, next time, thanks, everybody. Thanks for following, subscribing, and listening to this episode of the Do More podcast hosted by John Farling. To learn more or ask questions, go to l4investing.com.